0: Kia ora guys! Welcome to Season 2 of Pretty Depressed with me, Kim Crossman. We get deeper, darker and dirtier this season. These chats are unfiltered and they're not for sensitive ears. We do talk about drugs, sex, alcohol, death, grief, alternative therapy, labels and suicide. And a bit of a disclaimer... None of my guests nor myself are in any way mental health professionals. So if you're not in a good place, then I do strongly advise that you seek out professional help. A huge thank you to all of my guests for being so vulnerable and for sharing so much. I gained so many lessons and tokens from these chats that I can apply to my own life. And I hope that you do too. If you want to join the community and the conversation, you can find us at Pretty Depressed on Instagram or on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Pretty Depressed Community. In this episode, I talk to Grace Palmer. Grace is a New Zealand actress and presenter, and I love this episode because we talk about that feeling of meh or blah, which is an amazing way to articulate it. She's a bloody legend. I love her a lot, and this is Pretty Depressed with Grace. Hello, Miss Grace Palmer. Hello, Miss Kimberly Um, So I... Many reasons why I want you here today with me virtually. Uh, one, I think that you're a phenomenal actress. Two, I just had the most fun getting to know you doing our kind of 40-hour famine tour. Mm. Uh, and that was a really exciting thing for me. And then three, I you kind of put on Instagram, I guess last year, a post saying that you'd been kind of struggling... A little bit, and with depression, and it's so funny. Even though I am one of the people go who, who people respond like, "Well, you weird." It's funny how I still feel that way when you have someone else uh, that you know, and you're like, "Oh fuck, that sucks," and I didn't know that, and I hope that you're okay, but. Four is that you've been a real ally for me in my journey and I just wanted to thank you for that you know sending me some recommendations of people and checking in with me and so yeah I guess straight off the bat just wanted to thank you for that
1: oh you're so lovely no thank you that's just that you've just said so many nice things I'm just trying to take them all in that's
0: fine just <laughs> receive
1: them but yeah I just Stay wanted for later
0: if in, in your kind of own words wanted to kind of, I guess inform me because I'm a little unfamiliar with your journey and and is this something that's been a constant thing or a, a recent kind of situational depression or yeah, just kind of your journey.
1: I think it was a more, re- I think probably about this time, last, it was winter last year that I sort of noticed how the, it, it felt as though winter really affected me and I know I talk about the seasons, and I, it seems ridiculous, but I'm such a summer person, and I'm very outdoorsy, and I, I, I do a lot in summer, and I'm away most weekends, and I found that in winter, and also at this point in winter, I wasn't working. So I didn't have a lot to keep me busy and not being... So I basically, I blamed it on winter. I felt like I had winter blues. And then I kind of realized that it's probably a lot deeper than that, <laughs> And so I finally... I was really reluctant to talk to somebody and I don't even know why. And I know lots of people talk about that, but it was more, it's coming to terms with the fact that you're admitting to yourself that you probably need support. And I've got the most wonderfully supportive family and people around me and a close friend who had also, you know, suffered depression throughout their life and um, kind of identified those signs. In me and recommended I talk to someone. So I did. And it was somebody that um weirdly Mike King had recommended. And I just, yeah, I talked to her and instantaneously I felt better. It was so weird. It was like a massive relief. And since that day, since speaking to, and I understand that not everybody has the luxury of feeling great after one, you know, mm-hmm. counseling session or whatever. But since then, I've sort of spoken to her um, on a semi regular basis. and. It just, it's, I feel so much better for it. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's as well, like, you you can, talking to somebody without the restriction of feeling like you're a burden, that's a massive part of it. Because when you talk to people who are close to you and who love you, you care so much about how they might feel about this conversation. You're like, oh God, I'm boring, I'm sad, I'm I'm such a pain to be around. And you you, like you overanalyze all of those emotions. Whereas speaking with someone who's, that is their job, you know, and they're so accustomed to it. You're like, oh, this is great because I can really say anything and I'm not worried about how you feel about it. Also because like you're getting paid. Um, You know, like it's like, that's literally your job.
0: Yeah. Was that like, I guess, season or or time period that you put down to winter blues? Do you, did you ever feel like you knew deep down that you probably were depressed, but... I guess like my experience was I just didn't want to be depressed. So I didn't right. but I think I knew I was and that's what was scary because I didn't want to be.
1: Yeah, no, I do I get what you're saying. It's I think it's I think I did realise weirdly that maybe growing up in school it's so bizarre. So my stepdad Jason has just always been amazing. He's been around since I was about two. But um and I'm close with all of my parents and parental figures. Um but I remember when I was little, I weirdly used to call him, and this is quite young. And I'd say I was feeling blah. It was this weird word that we had with each other where I'd be like, oh, I'm just feeling a bit blah today. And he'd get it. And he'd always just like kind of talk to me and talk through it. And even when I was away from him or when I was with him and I couldn't put it into words. And that word was just like and and now, you know, 20 years on, I look at it and I'm like, oh, my God, that probably was this, you know, underlying depression or whatever you call it. And that was my way of, yeah, but explaining it was just blah. And I still remember feeling those days. Where I was just feeling a bit low and a bit shit. And, yeah, it's so, so – and then in high school again, I think because of um, – I went through – uh, I went to school in Christchurch and we went through those earthquakes. And mm. it was quite a um, disruptive time. Also, <laughs> natural disasters were like my biggest fear. And everyone had always told me how irrational they were. Because I saw that movie Armageddon. Have you seen that?
0: Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, you learn about them in school. And you're like, like oh for God. me, a tsunami. I was like, so this <laughs> is something that can happen? like. <sighs> Yeah. yeah,
1: no, totally. So I would literally, like, I'd seen one movie about a meteor hitting the earth, and I was like, since I dad I was like, light awake at night, and I'd have to like, be like, r- really
0: counselled through these traumatic... And so when people are like, uh, oh, a shooting star, make a wish, you're like, or a death meteor. Like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was so irrational, but then weirdly, and like, an earthquake happened, and three pretty substantial ones and so I, I didn't realize at the time but I think I experienced some post-traumatic depression.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I lost, I was in school and at school I was always like really competitive. I was a prefect, I was part of all the groups, I was very involved in my school community and all like all of a sudden I would just I'd fall asleep in class, like I'd literally put a folder up in front of my face and just like kind of lie back and I just really didn't give a shit and I I think some teachers noticed it in me and I I spoke to a doctor about it and they recommended antidepressants and I just so wasn't ready to go there then and I always to be honest I always had this weird stigma around antidepressants and not wanting to take them because I feel like that just being medicated was quite daunting mm-hmm. stupidly because I get that it can be very helpful but I to this day I haven't actually taken anything mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of reasons why I don't do that. And I don't rule out that it is an option somewhere down the track if it's necessary. But I've tried to do what I can without that. But um, anyway, what was your question? Was it something that I'd always, I'm like. No, no, no. It's
0: it's funny because like your word blah, I always would say I'm just feeling a bit meh. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. I've just basically hijacked your three-letter word, changed a couple of the letters and just made a new word. But it's- that is it was, great. That's a great I, one. I like what you're saying because um, in, and I don't know what your kind of diagnosis was like, but did you fill out a bunch of Q&As kind of and always sometimes <laughs> never type forms? And then they're like, you get a certain amount of points and if your points make you depressed or no, was that not your-
1: No, I went, I went to the doctor once also, I was feeling, this is probably I have a really bad back injury, which God. over the years had proven to really sort of get me down as well. That probably last year it was at a, at its worst because, mm. um, and I was taking a lot of pain relief, which frustrated me because I hated feeling like I was on pain relief all the time. But that seemed, I was a gymnast for six years, so it just to be an old injury. And um, that was frustrating me and probably got me down. But so I did go to the doctor and I did fill out one of those forms. And I remember just being like, nah, no, just thinking away. And then all of a sudden she was like, okay, so your number is meant to be somewhere around. And mine was very low. She's like, so I'm – and I was like, is this, like, hey you so feel all the time? me like, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And I just, <laughs> didn't
0: realise that it was quite concerning to a third party. Because um, yeah. that, that was my experience too. And, like, some of the questions – I thought were interesting because there was like the Kim who wanted to answer the question for how I wanted to feel, and then the Kim who really had to really answer the question truthfully. And then kind of like doctoring some of them almost, because you're like, oh fuck, I didn't realize that was a thing. Like, like the um I'm quite an enthusiastic person, but at my worst last year, like the the exhaustion I would feel of even thinking about hanging out with someone or like this inability to make decisions was really from tiny ones of eating this, not eating this, wearing this, not wearing this to big ones of like what to do with my day or like. <laughs> no,
1: that's, it's so weird. They talk about the decision-making and that was a real big thing for me too. And I, it's such an odd feeling like I don't know did you feel, was a tiredness a real thing for you as well just feeling yeah. mentally and emotionally exhausted, and just not caring about
0: really anything <laughs> and like that is also uncharacteristic to me like I feel like you tell me about bees and it's something I don't know I'm like shit I want to learn everything about bees and like last year last year just being like oh cool good for them what does it matter anyway <laughs> Do you know it's so weird
1: in my psyche is that I'm like
0: so you know
1: my de- my depressions that are manifested and I I saw someone and I dealt with it and then I see someone like you and I'm like oh that's it she's making a podcast about it like here she goes like I, I'm just like so in awe of the fact that when something like this happens to you or you're experiencing something you are still so proactive in your uh, dealing like, I, I, like that to me is just amazing that you could even think to do something like that when you're feeling shit
0: well I will answer that because I think it's worth putting a light on it I don't think I had an option it was either like for me it was either quit acting you have no transferable skills like <laughs> what do you do and be miserable or be miserable in the pursuit and find a healthier way to do it. And I just kind of felt like by wrapping my baggage up in a project meant that I could actually deal with it because I'm very good at being busy, doing busy things to be busy rather than, I don't have time to deal with. So it kind of like, I was like, I mean, I was at the point of having like quite severe suicidal thoughts. So I was definitely at a point of the road goes two ways at this point and because I am such an intense people pleaser this idea that someone had given me this opportunity to pursue a podcast meant I was wrapping it up in a nice little like project bow so project Kim can take control of our mental health versus yeah it like it was happening to me if that makes sense But what, the part of you, like, that is amazing. That
1: there is, like, the fact that you're helping so many people while dealing with your journey at the same time is so admirable. But it's weird because I felt like when I was at my lowest, I was very cynical. Like, other people's success got me down. And I'm so not that person, usually. Like, I was so... Mm
0: Well, you're not. I I don't know. I'm a cynical person, either. So even that is kind of this can. We're like, "Eh, fuck everything. Yeah.
1: Totally. And when you're like, I'm quite relentlessly positive, and I think it can annoy people sometimes. Where you try and that was always enforced from my mum at a really young age because she's so like that, such a bright side person. And I know it can annoy, but at this point, I would like. I don't know. Anything would kind, and it was just because I was a bit bitter. I think. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, that annoyed me like that. And that made me angry in myself because I'd say things or feel things and then be like, that was nasty. Like, and you're not nasty. So why are you being nasty? And then you know that it's coming from a place of like, well, because you're not happy because you're not doing what you love at the moment. And it's a big part of who you are. And it's so funny that you talk about <laughs> not having qualifications because it's true. Like you, part of being an actor is that you have to give it your everything. But then in 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 doing that, you don't leave a lot of time for anything else. And you worry that if you commit to something else that you're not giving your all to your, like, um, my feeling with acting was always like, I don't want to, I don't want to get to the end and feel like I have not given it a hundred percent. Cause at least if it doesn't work out for me, I can go like, you know what? I gave it my all. And that's just that I would hate to sort of get, you know, 50 years down the track or whatever. And, not have worked and been like, wow, I don't really,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I kind of, and anyway, but now I'm coming to terms with the fact that it doesn't, it's not that simple and having strings to your bows is a great thing, not just like to have on a piece of paper as a qualification, but to actually feel like a well-rounded person. Are I don't you,
0: know. Are you similar to me in that you get your validation from employment? Like, but is that... Oh. Like if I were in your height of depression, if I were to go, "Hey Grace, here's a great paying job with great people," would that have pulled you out? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. That's what's so
1: stupid is that it would like somebody else telling me that I'm good enough and you know handing me an opportunity would have been like, oh, well, great. I, I, it's so stu- maybe it did, maybe it wouldn't have actually. But, I but, don't know. I I like to think that.
0: But I and definitely, yeah, sure. like even here I mean, today. I mean, obviously, we were both and have tendencies, but we're both in a dark place. And I'm not saying that would be a fix all, but definitely an attitude adjustment of opportunity, hope, employment, validation. Like, yeah,
1: all those. More that it fixed a lot of issues. Like, it's not just you know. I don't weirdly like winning the lotto wouldn't have done it for me, but it's something about having a job that I loved with people every day, knowing that I'm going to be busy for this amount of time an Mm -hmm. opportunity that may lead to more opportunities. And at the end of the day, there's a bit of money. So you don't have to worry financially for a bit, you know, like that. Yeah. But I think I feel like a lot of actors would be like that. Mm -hmm. But that's when we put too much on a, on a job.
0: Yeah. I guess, I guess that was kind of a big aha moment for me is that all my, validation comes from someone else validating my sacrifice and going Mm. like, yes, you are talented because my, I don't know how your depression shows up, but mine is negative self-talk. And so it's just this voice in my head that is telling me things that until last year I thought was all true. I didn't understand the concept that my brain can fabricate ideas and just to hurt me. Like it was my enemy for a period of time. Like I could have gone, oh, we had Grace saw my direct message and didn't respond. What was your last encounter? Oh, maybe she doesn't like you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, and then make this whole narrative and pull these evidences that were my reality warped and create a whole narrative that just makes me feel like shit. And I'm like, what a douche of a brain that it's like out there <laughs> to just be painful kind of yeah do you have that experience or how does yours show up
1: it was funny that that you say that about because I remember going to the doctor and doing that test and one of the questions was do you like yourself or along those lines like you know and I didn't think that that was a big deal to not like yourself you know what I mean I was just like I'm sure you could be that only like themselves that much and then I was like no that's probably quite a big big problem only because you have to live with you every day. So if you don't like you, it's like hanging out with your least favorite friend all the time. And like, you know, it, it, so I, and also there was a lot of, my partner noticed that I was talking badly about myself a lot when I'd look in the mirror and just stupid things, like negative comments. I think he started this thing where I had to like pay into a joint bank account when I said something bad. Great. But i like, I'm still, I'm still thinking it. Like, you know, I was like you're yeah. not, I'm not saying it out loud, but I like, now no, so I'm now I'll suffer in silence. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I am better at at that I did have a day. weirdly yesterday I was just sitting in the car and I was like, Oh, I just feel a bit shit today and I don't know what it is or what what brings it about. Also it was a rainy day, which kind of I I need to not be so, like, influenced by the weather. But I think that from there, I, yeah, it was... I'm not sure what it was. I think it's also, like, weirdly, and I shouldn't say this, but I really enjoyed lockdown.
0: Mm-hmm. I got
1: to be with the people that I... Like, I was with my best friend and my boyfriend, and I was working, so I still had, like, income, and I was relatively busy, but it also had this really nice thing about... I so, like everyone was looking out for each other, but it mm-hmm. also... Everyone was on. Like, coronavirus doesn't discriminate. You know, like it's mm-hmm. everyone is at right, risk. I mean, some people more than others, but it felt like it didn't matter who you are or what you've done previously. I mean, it it affected people in a similar way. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't mean just like physically, but I mean, so so because of that, I felt like everybody was consciously looking out for each other, and there was yeah. it just had a nice feeling. To it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also I, so I got really used to having those people at home with me. That when they started going to work, I got like separation anxiety, and I was like, and I hated being alone in my house because I was so used to having this like hum of people, which was so nice. That when they went, I was like just left with my own thoughts a little bit, which mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy. But I've always been like that. When I was looking, like, I used to get the worst homesickness like, really, really bad homesickness, till I was quite old as well, like, I wouldn't stay at friends' houses, and couldn't go away for weekends, and I'd cry, and it was so, so silly, because it really did impact how good a time I had, even when I moved to America, at the big, it would have been 2018, I was, like, diabolical, like, just crying at the airport, and I could not, and, like, Part of me is like, I just won't get on the plane. I just won't, I won't go. Maybe I'll just, and it was so self-sabotaging. But it really, I don't know what it is about me that I can't.
0: Is it? Because I I have that too. Like I, (laughs) I'm not going to diagnose you because I'm not at all a professional. But uh, for me, it's kind of a control thing. Like I really like to be home and I'm okay to go out and do things, but I do get uncomfortable when the thing moves to like a second location that I haven't kind of prepared for or like other things. And it's like, I think inherently I have something in me that is a control, a control element, but also like safety and comfort and home and near my mom or sister is like, yeah, it's a feeling of feeling home and safe that I really struggle with. And I think it is because you and I, we can go out and be big, but know we get to come home maybe. And that is where a lot of our safety exists, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I feel as well, you know, when you're out and about, I feel an expectation to live up to whatever preconceived idea everybody else has of me about being bubbly. And you get that as well. Yeah. But, you know, like...
0: But, but then that the makes the it hard to love yourself if there's a part of you that you don't love, which is me, my depressive state, my whatever that is. I don't want to be around it. I don't like it. So I am very. I find it very difficult to show people that. And it wasn't until I was so dark in in such a dark place that my boyfriend Josh was like, I think you are depressed. I really think you should see someone. Because I would just cry in the bathtub. Like this idea of self-care whenever I'm alone, just like, the ass, the depression brain gets the microphone and goes, good, you're alone. Here we go. Like, oh, does that kind of make yeah. sense?
1: Yeah, no, no, totally. I used to cry stupidly. Like I, I, I've, the biggest things were getting out of bed was the hardest. I really struggled to get out of bed sometimes. Um, And I would just like have a shower and then just sit in my towel for like an hour. And like, I don't even know what happened in that hour. Like, it was just lost time. Mm-hmm. But for me, I knew it was a problem when, like, the best part of my day was going to sleep. All I wanted to do was go to bed. And it I also know. meant that that day was over. Like, I literally just wanted it done. And sometimes I'd wake up and be a bit gutted. So I was like, I, all I want to do is sleep. I'm exhausted. And I wasn't even, like, doing enough to be exhausted. But then i find... The more that I am doing the more energy I have, which i which is now like a project of mine is just to make lists and be busy and even if the lists are really stupid things about like emptying the dishwasher it still makes you feel like you've achieved something mm-hmm. and so that's really and again that comes back to a control thing as well is that I do feel like I have to have some kind of like i'm I'm not very good at like having. I love having people over for dinner and I love being a host for parties, but I'm very anal about, well, if we're doing this at this time, then dinner's and i like, I'm not a free spirit by any means. And I wish I was that person who was just say, like, guys, just come over whenever you're ready. I'm like, so what What time are you going to be here? Because, um, like, this isn't a, like, they, yeah, I try, act like I'm loose and just, but I, I, I ain't. Um,
0: I love that because I, I totally, I totally relate to that. It's like, I'd say, I need to have a rough idea of what's happening so that I can have it done so then I can be cool and relaxed. Yeah. But, <laughs> and my sister is the opposite. She's like, oh, they can stay for dinner, da-da-da-da. Like, if that was me, I'd be like, well, but we were having burgers and we've got nine, and you can't just do that because then we don't, and now we have to order pizza, and then that's, which is fine. We can do that. I just, like, I need to, and Josh is like, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll figure it out. I'm like, that is well, my because I'm the on one me. who has to figure it out. So I'm trying to figure yeah. it out. <laughs>
1: I'm like, oh. Bring, you're bringing two. I You said you were bringing a friend. I didn't realize you're bringing two friends. So the yeah, the nachos definitely won't. They won't cover all of yeah. us. But I guess I could just be a bit hungry. Maybe I'll order something later. Uh, and I'm just like, go, go there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I get shitty about that, and I'm like, oh, okay. I bought their friends, so now I don't eat. Um, anyway, let Who wants a drink? You know, like it's really, it, it's so stupid and it's very controlling. But no, I do. I do get it. It's um, I, I remember last year... It is a huge
0: you know, relief to hear that because it makes me feel less insane to know that I'm le- at least not the only one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's always about two things as well. Like, I remember, like, if you're going to someone's house and you're like, oh, well, we've only bought a bag of chips. That's not enough. What are you going to drink? What are you going to drink? If you're going to drink alcohol, we definitely need to get back. Because that's expensive. Well, I won't. I'll just have ginger beer. Oh, they might not have that oh god I feel bad if I'm drinking everything from the fridge and it's so stupid because I don't think like that when people come to my house do you know what I mean like if people show up without something like it's just so not I I don't make a thing of it but I again come down hard on myself and it's again it's just I'm worried what people will think I don't want people to think that I'm lazy or that I'm inconsiderate or that I'm not generous you know like it, mm-hmm. and that's stupid because people your friends know you and don't think that about you anyway well I hope they don't um but, it's, yeah, I guess it is a big part of it. It's just worrying what people think. And that was the biggest part for me about putting it on social media. And it was Mental Health Awareness Week. And I was like, oh, I can't really talk about mental health without talking about myself because that's all part of it is that the thing, I guess, i I was trying to make it not a big deal for other people. But in doing that, I hadn't come to terms with the fact that it wasn't a big deal that I was suffering. Mm. And so, but even still, like I, I would have run my caption past rah like 10 times. So I was like, you well, know, well, what if it like, affects me with work opportunities? Like, what if they, I've been cast in things because I'm like a happy go lucky person and then they see that, which is so stupid. And if that's the case, then they're probably not jobs that you really want to do anyway. But yeah. I, I was really worried about how the world might. See me, and I didn't. I just didn't want to be pitied. I hated the idea of someone being like, "Oh, poor Grace," or treating you differently, or, or yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I found that hard to talk about, it and you know the the comments, well, well, and well, the response, well, 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 response well, 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 was overwhelming. Response. Yeah, it was overwhelming. It's so lovely. People were awesome, and like I, people checked in, and I did. I, I felt really great having spoken about it. But still, yeah, it's not something that I'm that good at talking about.
0: What do you need when you are in one of those spots? Are you good at being articulate about what you need or is it still a work in progress? No, I
1: don't think I am. I still don't think I've come to terms with it. I don't, like, yeah, articulating what I need is really tricky because I don't know myself, if I'm honest. Like, Mm. I'd like to think, I used to find... Going to the movies was really good for me, like quite a therapeutic thing when I lived in the States. It was something about it reminded me why I did what I did and why I kind of endured the industry. It reminded me... It would take me to another place, so I kind of forgot about my own world for a little bit. And it felt like time sort of pauses when you're in a film. I'm not sure what that's about. But now... I feel like if I watch a film during the day at home, I feel like that's lazy. I'm like, oh, you should be doing something else. Surely there's something more productive that you could be doing. But I do really struggle with productivity when I'm feeling low. Like, that's the hardest thing. And that's probably the best thing for me, but I really struggle just getting on with it. Mm.
0: I Do you live in the present or in, or not? Like... Are you a worry forward, a worry back? I'm the biggest warrior. Yeah, me too. Biggest
1: warrior. Terrible worry. I've been like that since I was really little, but.
0: So when you're acting, um, when you're acting, are you. One of the reasons I have an addiction to it is because between action and cut is this space of euphoria where I'm really present and one of the rare occasions in my life that I actually probably am really listening and really paying attention to what's happening. Do you relate to that? That's
1: a good way to put it. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that before, but that is, is a really, really wonderful way of, like, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's also, like, fun not being you all the time.
0: Yeah, but then that's an addition. <laughs> too. Like, that's part of it is, like, why a job solves a problem. One of my problems for me is that I get to leave Kim for 12 hours a day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, But even then, I still get quite – I'm quite bad about um, worrying about a performance or feeling like I didn't perform. Like, after this podcast, I'll probably go away and be like, what did I say? Like you know, like no, but it's that. That's I don't think that's even a like a depression um, associated like characteristic. I actually just think that's
0: just that's inherently in me. It's that's, just to kind of overanalyze everything. Where do you reckon you got it from? Because I know obviously your mum, and I know Jason, <laughs> who you grew up with a lot. Like mine is my anxieties are so stemmed from my mother that it's so obvious that the apple didn't fall apart from the tree. But what, in your situation, what do you think it kind of has been birthed from?
1: Um, I I don't know. My mum just seems like, she's just so got her shit together. I don't feel like I've got my shit together as much as my mum. But my my sisters, or my brother and my sisters often tell me that I'm just like my mum. But then my mum tells me that I'm just like my dad. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I, it's a, also, we often have this conversation about like nature versus nurture and mm. how much of that is genetic and how much of that is just what you've learned or been taught. Mm. And I, I don't... I'm not, I'm not sure. I need to think about that. Mm-hmm. There are definitely... I definitely think my anxiety got worse. After being on Shortland Street, I became quite anxious. Yeah. It was more that I just... I was used to people, like, growing up with Jason as well, I was used to people recognizing him where we went and feeling like, but it never felt like it was me. Whereas I, like, hate going to a mall. Mm. And I think it was after... It wasn't too too bad during Shorty, but after Shorty, I hated it because people would always ask me, like, so what are you doing? What are you doing now?
0: You know, I really and, try and I, to be a very... <laughs> um This may be a hard pill to swallow, but that probably won't stop. And for eternity in New Zealand, you will be, I am Sophie from Shulton Street. its I'm like, it's been eight years. Like, surely let's use a more current, uh, you know, tick off the resume. But, uh, you know, Kim Crossman, who was Sophie on Shulton Street, I'm like, I understand it was seven years of my life, but it's also like there is something that's really uncomfortable about your biggest achievement potentially being behind you in the eye yeah. of Does that make sense? No, that's
1: a really,
0: really great point. It's that other, yeah.
1: When people asking, asking, it's something that you've so let go of. As in like I I had prepared to leave for quite a long time so then when I left I was pretty out, out of the door, you know, like I mm-hmm. mentally, I had just kind of let go. And so when people would bring it up all the time, it felt like I was going back to a place that I just wasn't there. Mm. And uh, I, I do know that it doesn't matter what job you do now; it's like people are always going back to and like, Oh my god!
0: Like
1: surely you've seen something else that I've done since then? Because like, but, but it's weird. You know, and that's part of what makes it such a wonderful show, though, is that it, right. you know, for a lot of people, it's really hard to differentiate kind of reality versus the story and you know that's nice that for those people it takes them into another world but it definitely did like when I lived in the state I was so hyper aware of not making famous people feel famous (laughs) like I was like oh I just really don't want them to feel like uncomfortable like I don't the worst thing is when you're somewhere and you know people are looking at you and again it's only really here that ever is a problem with and not that often anymore but when I was on the show a lot I felt like being where people would just like look at you and I had a lot of people start fights with me and stuff and I think they want you know wanted me to be a bitch and so I, I became kind of because of that when living in the states I thought, like, oh I just really don't want this person to not feel like they can just like get on with their day or live a normal life like I just and so And and even when my family would come over or we'd go to, would would be in the states together, and they'd see someone, they be like, "Oh my god, let's get one of them, let's get one of them mats, let's get a mat, and we'll drive around." I'm like, "No, like, (laughs) I just feel really sorry
0: for." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this helps or not, read the Shelton Street thing, but I had to reframe it in my own mind because when you're an unemployed actor and you've volunteered yourself to be unemployed to chase something not even necessarily bigger or better, but something different. And you make that choice to leave. It feels like you have to be, everything else must be so successful so that you're, again, this viewpoint of other people aren't that you failed or that you effed up or, you know, you left the good or whatever that is. And so I think for me, my relationship with Shorten Street is, something that will follow me through my life. So I've had to reframe it as like, oh, that's how people first got to know me. And so like, mm. it's okay to do that. And it is also an opportunity. It's because when someone says, oh, Shorten Street, it hurts my heart because I've worked so hard. It feels like I've worked so hard to like, I made a choice to do something and it, and it is, it has been great and I have done other things, but there's a fear in me because I made a decision to leave something that, what if that was the thing you know and so it's only because they are they are stepping on something that there is obviously an innate insecurity in me when I am unemployed oh could I go or or like oh should I have what if I'd stayed there and been like Sally and done it for 12 years and I could have a house and like you start weighing up options but yeah but
1: you also have had such a wealth of work since then. Like, but that doesn't,
0: so, doesn't change. It's very different from a job ending to choosing to leave a job or being fired from a job. Like, those are three yeah, very different narratives, yeah. It's also because the job
1: still exists, that, that, that there's no – and that's part of working there, which is why it's really tough for a lot of the crew. It's like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's not like you work this hard and then you know, great, we get – we have a break or whatever, you like it's 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 a very well oiled machine that doesn't stop. Mm. And I mean that's part of why it's so wonderful because it employs so many people, but it also part part of the industry in most projects is that you do a job, you know it's gonna be what, two months. Mm-hmm. You then have a wrap party for so everybody is like closing off this chapter together mm-hmm. and then I mean, you all become, you're not really unemployed because you're in between jobs, but, and that's just the nature of the career. But that's the difference with Shorty is that it's still going and there are people still there and people that are still there from your journey and from my journey. And those people have houses and you're like, wow, imagine if I maybe stayed a couple of years. I could probably buy a house. That would have been nice. That would have been, you know, all all those things go through your head. But really, I, I mean... It just is what it is and you've got to deal with it because you can't mm. change that. I don't know. I get, I don't, I don't particularly believe in like fate or I'm like, I'm not a very spiritual person mm. and sometimes I find that hard when, you know, people talk about it real holistically and they're like, you know, that's you're just where you're meant to be and I'm like, well, Sure, but also I don't have a choice because this is a decision I made which has led me to where I am right now. So it's not a matter of like someone put me here and this is where I'm to be. It's like,
0: it is what it is. <laughs> I'm a product of my choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, is your, um, what does your brain look like?
1: Uh, like a, a kid's playground. There's lots of fun, colorful obstacles and I'm naked, definitely. Right. Not in like a sexual way, but in like a comical way right like and everyone's
0: just i mean does that make sense this is literally yeah, what cuz i feel like you're you're exposed and you're trying to navigate the playground perhaps yeah but there's
1: lots of people around but they're just doing their thing okay i think also it's like i have i have a real Sounds real bad. Like, I sometimes begin to move to where where I'm just like, I just need attention. Like, I just need some more attention. And when you're a kid, you just get attention constantly because you always have, like, a figure who's in charge and they give you attention. So I'm like, now I'm, like, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm a fucking adult. I'm like, I still need attention, like, a lot of it. And it's so stupid, but I'm just like, I need, like, I'm a very touchy-feely person and... I mean, they talk about, you know, people talk about love languages or whatever, and I definitely really am very cuddly, and uh, and uh, I need that from other people, and so when I'm like not getting it, I'm just like, hey, me, it's me, yeah, I'm here, um, but that's why I talk about the naked thing as well, because it's like, like sometimes I feel like I'm like this clown in a normal world, and a little bit of an imposter, you know, like, you know how you get imposter syndrome? I feel like I'm do you feel like you have a personality like I have a personality I don't know it's so hard to answer these questions about yourself because I think how I see myself is so different to how other people see me
0: but do you think you have one because this is one of my things is I'm like I don't know if I have any consistent traits like (laughs) I'm like I'm like a sponge. Like if you if we if I, we were hanging out and you're wearing like a like a flowy dress and we're drinking rosé, I'm like, "Cool, I'll now play I'm we're hanging and we're doing this." Like <laughs> Oh, you feel like you morph into the people you spend time with? Kind of, or the situation. I'm like like I just am a little worried that I don't have a consistent personality. At times I go when someone's like, "Tell me like who are you?" I go well who would you like? i be I'll do it all. What would you like? Like what do you want to see?
1: Yeah. I think that's also part of being an actor and wanting people to know that you're a bit of a blank canvas. You know, I can do anything. Honestly, sure. just then I <laughs> give, give me a, a
0: script. Like, what's consistently Kim? And then I kind of am like, is that am I? I
1: don't I honestly from an outsider's perspective for me, you are so considerate and mm. kind you are, you are undoubtedly one of the kindest people i've ever met in my life and i remember when i first met you i thought that can't be real that thing that yeah. that that cannot be real and then you learn that it is that's you like you are undoubtedly like just so unconditionally kind to everybody all the time and that might be exhausting for you so apologies if that's something that you feel like you have to do but no, you always way. make people feel like they're the only person in the room and you're so interested. And no, honestly, it's such a, like, it's, and everyone talks about it. Everybody knows, everyone who knows you would know that. But, again, that may not be how you see yourself. I think people see me as, like, quite brash and inappropriate. That's a great. Um, that's what I, yeah, but it's, it's, it is getting bad. Like I do say the wrong thing. I had a, an experience the other day where I I, should, I was on like a business. I One of a, a wonderful brand that I work for. I was on like a business call with them, and I don't know why I was under the impression that on this Zoom meeting it was just like me and two others. Um, and I was talking, and I wondered why nobody else had their cameras on, and no one else was really talking, and I was just like chatting, and somehow I got talking about Pornhub. I don't even Man. know how I got there. Don't ask. And then I realized like no one else was engaging in this conversation. And then I kind of went quiet and I realized that there were like forty people on this call, and they all had their camera and their microphone off, and they were listening. And we were supposed to just like listen to the seminar. And I was like, oh my fucking god! And I just muted myself and turned my camera off. And I messaged a friend who I could see was also part of the call, and I was like, hey, did you like are you? And she was just pissing herself. She's like, nice. yeah. Like, I, but also I was pissed off at my agent. I was like, I was under the impression it was a meeting, not a seminar. And yeah. had I known that, <laughs> But but that's like my life is saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So I I could. Uh, that's part of my. It, it's not really an insecurity. I've just kind of like dealt with it.
0: Lean into but it. But that's
1: how I think people see me. I don't know if I have much of a personality to be like. Do you know but then
0: maybe it's hard to define as an individual because i can say the same to you that you have a very consistent personality of uh of being really ambitious which is one of the qualities i really love about you i remember like one of our first encounters well early on encounters you were like yeah i want to do i'm going to be on home and away and da, 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 like i really appreciate It's actually a consistent thing in your whole family is that you really celebrate other people and you're jazzed about whatever they're jazzed about, and that's, and, and you're not afraid to talk about something that you want or going for it, and I don't know that to me is like been one of the reasons I consider you kind of a role model in that space of being really honest and being really honest about like your IBS and stuff like that, like that. I don't know, just this, this 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 idea that you are confident in the pursuit that is yeah what feels like a consistent personality trait of being like yeah that's cool nothing's a problem which is so funny that you go like oh my mum's this way and i'm not and it's like oh i can see totally how that is right right." our our
1: family has this weird thing and it's probably quite um odd for other people coming into this Wait, we make a massive deal over birthdays
0: birthdays
1: christmas easter doesn't matter what it is mother's day it's a big fucking deal uh, birthdays we have a TP that i've had since i was three and in the TP is presents and there is a trail of lollies from the person's bed to the thing so like you wake up in the morning and you follow the trail and then you open your presents. like it's it's ridiculous but we make a big deal out of it and so i think we're like that if and i've had a lot of friends who are like this too which is great like if someone gets a job or they you know something you know whatever happens we make a massive deal awesome. about it and we celebrate and I, I and I mean it's probably to my own detriment because I've come to ex- like expect that of yeah. other people as well like if people don't remember my birthday but yeah I'm like you don't you don't know my birthday because I know yours and everyone in your family's birthday and I've got gifts lined up so I'm like but I, I'm that's a new thing as well and you know I'm trying to teach my mum that as well because she's, you know sometimes her expectations of us on a mother's day or a birthday is like you know it's like I just can't fly there like I can't be there and I'm sorry but um yeah. so yeah there's but I was gonna say you need to there's a, an amazing game that I've got and we've played it since I was really little but it's really interesting in the way of personality have you ever played a game called Imaginist? It's a board game. It's an amazing board game and it stems to, like a lot of conversations come out of it. But basically, you're it'll be like imagine. Kim, and there's a card of like a million different things. So it's like, imagine Kim was a circus act. Which would she be? And it's like the ringleader, the trapeze artist. The, and, and But it has that. So you're looking at all of these things metaphorically. And it's great. It'll be like, imagine Kim was a, a, a type of vehicle. What would she be? A dune buddy, a buggy, a V-dub, a Rolls Royce. And so, and basically everyone puts down what they think you are. And then you put down what you think you are. And um, it's the majority that wins. But you have such great discussions around it because you're like forced to kind of go, hang on, I don't get that. Like some of them are so stupid. Like if, if Kim was a hairstyle, which would she be? And you've got to think about it like, okay, you know, if you're a practical person, you've probably got a ponytail. If you're kind of like edgy and a bit um, off centre, you might have the dreadlocks. And it's all metaphorical, but it's a fabulous game. And I recommend you buy it because it might kind of like, it's great to talk about these things with your mates, like right? yeah. Especially close mates and be like, oh, wow, you really don't get me. Or, oh, wow, that's how people see. And some that's of them. Great feedback. That's awesome yeah, feedback. Also, and some of them are really obvious. Some of the answers, everyone gets the same. And the person is like, really? Is it that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs>
0: Oh, that makes me. I need that. I really do. I'm. I'm looking at what I wrote down because there was a couple of things I wanted to ask you, and I also need to. Uh, I get to listen back to this. What is it called? Imagine if. Imagine if. Yeah, play it with your family. They'll. They'll love it. Oh, it's so funny that I'm already like, oh, and here's a conversation I could have with my mum off the back of these results. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a, it's almost like an intervention sometimes when you're like let's yeah. just strategically put this card here and Correct. let uncle tim know that he is next. um
0: yeah it's a very good family game um i want to talk about working out because one of the last times we hung in la you had said you were starting training and what you wanted to be was like that new lara croft chick and the new <laughs> terminator was it did i tell you that did i tell you that oh, yeah not not Terminator. What is it, Lara Croft? Um, Tomb, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Okay, so similar letters, but I just jumbled them. No, That's
1: yeah, my... totally. She's a Terminator. That's so funny. I lit... so, And you said like, that, it... and
0: in, in the months that followed, I was like, <laughs> holy guaco, she's doing it. <laughs> I can't believe well, really you remembered that. That is so Of course funny. I do. I watched, and then I watched with, because... With the depression, the working out thing was always something I didn't want to do. Like mm. it's one of the the these med- ideas of medicating that would have been really helpful. Yet when you are depressed, the last thing that you want to do is all of the things that are around working out, putting on tight things, going to a place, doing a thing and sucking at it like it all just seemed too much. So I'm curious of what came first, chicken or egg, with the exercise or the depression, and then kind of what that journey has been.
1: I've always been pretty active, yeah. but I probably got really super into When I moved to LA, I worked at a gym, okay. and I was there a lot, and I was able to train with them. I also just got, and I know people talk about it, but I did get quite addicted to the, like, I don't know if it's necessarily just the feeling, but also the results that you're like, oh, wow, well, like if I do this, like I might be able to do 50 burpees or something and it's like got little goals. And again, that's another thing that encompasses that control element of like, I guess it was the first thing in my life that like work equals result. Whereas with then that doesn't always happen. You can work really hard and you don't get it or it doesn't work out. Whereas this for me was like, if I do this, I get that. And I really just, and I love the feeling of it, to be honest. But it was quite funny. I did see, I watched, I must have watched Tomb Raider. I've always loved like Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider in the mm-hmm. film. Like, I, And I really wanted, <laughs> I looked, I saw a photo of Alicia Vikander and I was like, oh wow, we have quite a similar body shape. Like, on the, from what I see in movies or whatever, like, she was kind of, um, quite a, like, a mess, I'm not very feminine, like, I don't have hips or boobs or anything, and I was like, ah, oh, I just, like, I love her, she looks so strong and fit and, like, cool, and she does all these cool tricks, and I love, and anyway, so I did see a trainer when I moved back to New Zealand, and I showed him a video of Alicia Candace working out, and, because he's, like, there's behind the scenes videos I was like this is kind of what I want to look like like and be able to do not just look like aesthetically but like I want to like be like this and so I did train pretty hard and I don't know if like throughout the training I really even had her as a like a role model but then at the end of it I said oh well I'm kind of muscly like my arms kind of look like your arms and like oh I can do like this many chin-ups now and it was like a mini win for me. That's why I kind of like it. It's, and, I, and I get that it's not for everybody. Like I, it must be quite painful as well if you're really not into it. To like look at people on Instagram and be like, oh, you know, whatever. But I do, I do thoroughly enjoy it. I fucking hate running, but I make myself run because I, I do feel good at the end of it, yeah. and I feel, I feel good about like my day. All of a sudden, I have this newfound energy to like just. Yeah do my day um but yeah a lot of people yeah a lot of people do ask me about sort of health and fitness because
0: well, but I it think, doesn't it I doesn't because you kind you you almost documented it for us and and in your videos which is cool and this is entirely a compliment I think it was going like wow like we almost in real time got to see this progress and it wasn't like but it was it was what you were doing. It was yes, you look great, but it was more about you're right about the fact that you were doing these chin ups or pull ups, and then you as a human go and try one, and then you go, "Wow, ah, that's super impressive!" But also seeing your journey from doing a couple to a lot, I think it made it more like tangible for me at least, going like, "Ah." Oh, cool like we are peers I could do that but you kind of paved the way because I wouldn't have done it blind if that makes sense does that yeah
1: Yeah. I mean to be honest I only really documented it as much as I did because I got a free trainer from it um
0: But but I that I think it but was, it
1: did hold me accountable as and it was yeah. good because I felt but I'm also just super competitive so I was like really and not with other people as much but with myself I mm-hmm. was I just had to keep doing better also I was working on a show at the time that I was told would have more kind of fight scenes for me than it did and I wanted to look legit mm-hmm. but I didn't end up having that many fight scenes so it was kind of a little bit superfluous, but, I mean, it was still, like, I felt uh, I felt like I fit the character that I'd been given.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do you feel, um, now, like, I know you said after you run, you feel a good way. Do you have any triggers to your mental health when things slip away? Like, I, I have spiraling thoughts. And I've noticed, like, with a bit of alcohol or if, like, I've scheduled to, like, work out and I bail or something like this, like, it's very quick for me to, like, spiral. I really have to say pretty studious on certain things to make sure I don't get in a bad place. What is your kind of...
1: Um, it, it is... I I love sleeping in. I'm not a very good morning person, but... If I have a really lazy start, it generally kind of um, influences the rest of my day. So I need to be better at just getting up and getting on with it and having things planned. The The hardest thing for me is going to bed knowing that I don't have something planned for the next day. Like mm-hmm. and if I've got nothing on that day, it gives me anxiety because I'm like, well, I don't really need to get up at this time. I don't really need to and and that that is a problem and unless Ra has a day off work then I feel like oh great I can hang out and that's like good for us mm-hmm. but yeah probably not having things booked in and things to do is concerning I think I remember being like at, probably at my lowest last year when I would like look at my calendar and I just it was like kind of bare because I didn't have a job coming up but I also just hadn't really scheduled any other stuff because I didn't have the motivation to do other stuff. And Mm. so it was like, fuck, okay, that's really worrying. And that got me down a lot. Is that it got into the space where I was like, well, why, why? And it just sounds so depressive and suicidal, but it's like, well, then why do I exist? if I've got nothing to do. What, Mm -hmm. what's my purpose? Why am I even here? Mm -hmm. And so then, yeah, I really had to stop myself from, also, I hated when people would call me and be like, "What are you doing today?" And you are like, um, um,
0: "Nothing." Well, um, yeah, yeah. Here are the shows I've watched, or just existed yeah. in time and let time pass. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you? And I don't know what your kind of support network was like, but in the in the framework of offering people skills who might listen to me ramble at you that has been this last hour. In the essence of framework of people who maybe haven't gone through something, how would you have liked or what did work in the people around you and what they did when you were not in a good place that was either successful or unsuccessful that you wish you could share? Because a lot of people, myself included, don't have the words or don't really know how, how to help
1: totally and I don't know if I'm very helpful for other people for for me I think in my most darkest moments a lot of it is really a blur like I don't really remember much yeah. I felt like I was so anxious about everything that was going on that I didn't really take much in mm-hmm. I did have quite of like my mum definitely she came up to visit and sort of noticed how how much I'd changed and how it was like a light that was sort of gone in me. Whereas, you know, the people who were around me all the time noticed it kind of progressively. Whereas with her, it was like quite shocking. And so I remember like within a couple of days, she'd she'd contacted Mike King weirdly and he'd put put me on to somebody who he recommended. And then within like the week, I'd organized to talk to somebody else and that and and talking to this person was groundbreaking for me. It really did help. She did like, um, what's it called where they like redirect your neurological pathways. Um, there's a word for it. It's like um not hip, it's not a hypnosis, but it's mm, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's kind of um a meditative exercise. Okay. Where you like, um it sounds quite bizarre when I talk about it. Retrospect, like I've, I've heard people um,
0: recommend I take mushrooms, go on ayahuasca trips, like all the things. So, right. this sounds very tame off the bat.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like I was, ho- I was asked to like h- hover above myself and go back in my emotional timeline to like pivotal moments and then talk to myself in that emotional timeline and going forward. And to again, I was in a bit of a trance, like, I don't really. Remember it specifically, but for whatever reason, that helped. I think it was also just the acknowledgement and talking to somebody that helped. Somebody who cared and helped like, held me accountable and was like, "So when are we next going yeah. to meet?" And then going, "Okay," so that was really good. And like, my mum was was really helpful. But around that time, I just I had a lot of anxiety about going home, and I loved my family, and we're all so close. But I I knew that they would notice a change in me. Mm. And that worried me was that like i i wasn 't ready to deal with people who could identify that i wasn 't myself and the people closest to you like don 't you know they do they notice mm. and so that that was worrying but i'm i 'm trying to think of advice like my only advice for other people is is literally putting forward the wonderful woman who i 've met with because she 's been so helpful um. And and also just knowing that it's okay, that it's okay to be like, yeah. I, I sometimes it's hard when people are like, well, what's wrong? Why do you think you're feeling that way? And what you, and you're like, oh, I don't. And you start to beat yourself up about it because you're like, I don't know, and I can't. You don't feel like you can fix it, mm. but just but just identifying it is the first part of it, you know, and acknowledging that you're not okay is the first step I think and yes. you don't have to help yourself do you know what I mean like I think there's a lot of things about well like what are you doing? and it's like sometimes you don't have that in you that you do need to reach out
0: mm.
1: I don't know what
0: is what advice
1: has been helpful for you
0: I think it was more what wasn't helpful that I okay. remember like I rem- I remember being told a list of things I needed to do or or acu- accusations as out felt like, oh, you're just tired or you're working too hard or you just need to work out or maybe if you ate right. It was all back on me. And I remember that feeling when you already feel this isolation of whatever and then uncharacteristically to me reached out for some help and was only met with more things I needed to do. Felt like, Oh, I was burdensome because everyone's kind of washed, how it felt when I was in it was that everyone had washed their hands of me and they were kind of like, but come back to me when you've actually fucking tried some of the things that are universally available to you on the list. Does that make sense? Mm. So it felt like I had done this really difficult thing for me to tell someone I wasn't okay and needed help. And I wasn't met with what I feel like I would have responded if someone had done that to me. And then that was really heartbreaking. Like, I thought I was at the basement. And then there was also a level under the basement, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's also, it's like a, it's a big, I know a lot of people. Feel uncomfortable talking about it too, as in not people people that you reach out to or well, you might meet in passing. Like when I became more confident and comfortable with it, I kind of was a lot more open and going, Oh, well, I've been a bit low lately and ready by I And mean, then some people, and it's, you know, each their own, are, are better than others at being like, Oh, okay, that's, you know, that sucks. That sucks I'm sorry. Da, da, da. And some people are like, Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, have you? Oh, that's it. And you're like, Oh, wow, this was me. Like, this is me and my olive branch and now
0: <laughs> yeah and it's, but quite, again. it's really quite painful like I mean I guess like now I'm in a different spot where I would just go okay cool that are not the person to talk about when but when it's your first time or you're not you haven't spoken about it is a very sensitive time period
1: mm.
0: yeah I don't know I just I I try and be better I I feel like I wish I wished someone had gone like Can you describe how that – or at least something with a question mark at the end of it so it felt like we can do a bit of a back and forth, you know? You've got the time to hear me talk. I think
1: a a massive part of it as well is that, like, being depressed or depression as a whole is not a personality and it doesn't define you. Like, you can still be all those wonderful things you are as well as being depressed. That doesn't consume you. Although it may feel like it does, you are still you in there and you still have all of these wonderful qualities and um, facets of your personality that outweigh that one thing and what it has over you. So I don't, that's the hard thing as well is that when, you know, and it, well, with me it was, is that I felt like people would not see me as like, Grace, this, this you know, ambitious, bubbly, person but like she's a depressed person and you know or, yeah.
0: or that that's fake that the bubbly thing is a f- yeah is a, and that's terrifying too because you go no it's a genuine, both can exist simultaneously
1: <laughs> yeah 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 totally and I think that's a, a big part of it as well and that what, what we need to kind of talk about openly is that yeah it, it is it, and it can be a huge part of you but it also doesn't define you mm. And I think more people than we know do feel this way at some point in their life. It's just the for how long or how deeply and how you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it it would. I don't think anyone can say that they've never not felt depressed at some point. You know, whatever that may have stemmed from. So mm-hmm. we all understand that feeling. It's just some more than others. Uh, yeah, it, it's great when you talk to somebody else. Especially when talking to you about the lack of motivation and not being able to make decisions, and these are qualities that are inherently quite obvious within somebody who's depressed. But like, it's not until I look at it in hindsight that I'm like, oh wow, yeah, no, I was all of the, I had all of those things. But it does make me feel better knowing that you too also experienced those things.
0: Yeah, and not that it isn't just tired, can't get out of bed. That there are other. yeah other elements to it Mm. that you oh interesting or like not picking up a phone call because you just can't be bothered collecting or whatever it is yeah do you
1: think that because we're kind of similar ours may have manifested in a similar way
0: yeah i do find it interesting that's why i was excited to talk about you i'm like oh whilst there are you know some differences it does really seem like we do, we have had the same context clues in life that mm. it's like, oh, I thought this was just like a thing that happened last year. And in my learning about it, I'm like, oh no, there's some pretty consistent seasons. Like, I even at school, I'd work myself so hard that I would essentially have a burner. I would either get sick or a style, so, you know, like it's just it changed the year and there is a, or years and there's like little glimpses of this behavior that is consistent and these meh seasons and I guess previously I'd gotten myself out of it because of time and then this last one just got to a different level I hadn't experienced before that was quite scary. So I was wondering if you could impart some of your advice on me just as someone who I know cares about me and loves me inherently but yeah if you had any kind of wisdom.
1: Oh gosh wisdom. I would say I'd say don't stop using your meh. I think that's great I think it's also a lovely way to it's one word that summarizes all of those feelings and ideas and I think that's great I know on your worst days even if you don't feel like spending time with other people know that other people feel better for being around you and I say that a whole heart like I mean that like even if you know on on your lowest shittest days And the last thing you want to do is hang out with someone, but for whatever reason you have to know that I got something out of that, or everybody else got something out of that. So your day might not have been made, but somebody else's was. I always feel like after hanging out with you, I have like this little thing, and it's not about an energy thing. It's not like a. It's not because you're bubbly or because you're, you know, like like physically energizing. But it's just it's probably because you're just so genuine that it's like it's you feel like you have a very real conversation. So that would be my only thing is that. And also just like uh, it's so hard to make other people see how wonderful you think they are. But, it, we, you know, anytime you do, I know with on social media, for example, it's really easy to not just take those negative comments but to like store them in the back of your head. Like I can remember the, neg- the negative comments like they were written in front of me. But there are like a hundred times more positive comments that I kind of just go and it's really important that you lock some of those away too so that you you can bring them out when you need them I'm not a particularly wise person but you are
0: that's no that's really kind and I I guess to like wrap up and reciprocate that I um yeah that's very similar to what i would say about you like there is a there is a kick i get if i open instagram and i see your name at the top with a circle around it because i know that like it feels like hanging out with you if that's a really weird thing it doesn't feel like <laughs> I, I don't know it's just there's something about you that's really special and i think that's why i felt so compelled to have a dialogue with you because i, I do feel this almost like sistership with you that we both rely so heavily on this delight we have that we are a light and that feels like something that our identity people put on us. And I think my thing to you is just that it hurts my heart to know that at a point your light was dim because your light is such a joy to other people, if that makes sense. And so like, it's really exciting to know that you're acknowledging it and finding ways to keep your light really bright because it is this... Absolute joy and delight that people get to experience you, and a pride that I have with you that feels like I'm just really stoked that we're existing at the same time. Does that sound too weird? Oh, no, 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 a, no, that's really nice. You're right. You are one of those special people that lights up a room. So there is like this concern if you're not feeling that way that people want to get you up and there's also such a pressure with that as well that you feel like can't I just be a bit dim but then it's also this identity is tied into that and so yeah Yeah. it's a thing and yeah know that no matter how bright or how dim it is is that yeah people are still getting light from you and and that hopefully encourages you to keep pouring and spending that time making it brighter for you not just for everyone else you know
1: Thank you so much. Honestly, doing this has actually made my day, made my week. Likewise. so nice. So nice to have this chat. I love you too. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Pretty Depressed. A huge thanks to Action Park Media, our executive producer, Kevin Connolly, and our epic crew, Raul, Kevin, and Naro. Make sure you subscribe and give us a good rating and review so we can keep bringing you more epic chats in the future. Cheers.